Hey everybody, you are listening to the Fearless Ones podcast. This week, Kevin and I unpack another challenging question. Has your faith become a luxury? As you wrestle with that, you wrestle with the Lord, understanding where does faith actually take its precedence in your life and how is it lived out? We give some great examples to compare and contrast on this week's broadcast. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Fearless Ones podcast. Matt Ham, Kevin Adams with you every week. Uh, we are here to build fearless people who build fearless communities that builds a fearless generation. And this podcast is uh, our weekly broadcast to unpack some ideas that we've been navigating through each week to help you in your walk toward fearlessness. Kevo? Yeah. Well, happy Friday. And uh, uh, yeah, we just want to probably have a touch on a, just an idea today. We, we have a, another show. I don't know how long ago it was, um, but the topic we've addressed it before in a different way, but I think it still applies. And so, uh, you know, I think we can just uh, walk through it a little bit and uh, maybe offer some, some thoughts and nuggets and then uh, take a break. Uh, I definitely for one need it. And, uh, but Everybody can say the same thing, so I won't go on about it. But anyway, let's let's talk about the idea. Has your faith become a luxury? Has your faith um, become a luxury? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't know that people think like that or think about it that way. But what does it mean uh, if your faith is a luxury? What is a luxury? So let's let's define that for a second. You know, the the Uh, thing about this is, is your your memory admittedly is much better than mine. Um, I don't know if it's uh, if elephant has a good memory. I guess a gnat has a bad one. I tend more toward the gnat. You tend more toward the elephant. Um, Because I, I remember that we had this show. I couldn't have told you when it was. And probably I couldn't have pulled the title up. Of course, you did. But as soon as you said it. Um, the image that hit me the first time hit me again. And it was like a woman going to a party with this really high end handbag. Right. Um, if, has your faith become a luxury. Right. Mm-hmm. And so like the, the image that I get is someone who carries their faith around like a, a high end purse for the purpose of, oh, she must be wealthy because she has a Louis Vuitton purse. You know, oh, they must be a Christian because they said they right. have faith or whatever. So that imagery yeah. just came back to me and it's still as poignant now as it was then. And so I think it's a, a wonderful thing to circle back on and maybe dive into a little deeper. Well, that's a great image. Um, it's uh, it, 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 it takes time and most people don't have time. They think, mm. Uh, meaning to, faith takes time. Yeah. Wasn't quite finished with my statement, but uh, yes, uh, it takes time to be, uh, a true believer. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, because you have to learn how to follow. And I think, you know, one of the things we experience is, is people need freedom and autonomy. Um, but in that there needs to be structure. And I think, we're in a a crazy time right now. It's a great time, but, uh, you know, and we were talking about this, you and I were talking about it, what, yesterday or the day before about, 
you know, we've been at this a long time and uh, <laughs> there's a whole lot of potential Indians out there, you know, Hey, I could give one red crap about political correctness. So I'll say whatever to anybody at any time. And uh, I just, there's my caveat. So don't, don't come with that stuff to me, not you, because I know we're on the same team, but, right. but there's, you know, chiefs and all this stuff. It, it's like, a, you have to learn how to, to listen. You have to learn how to follow God and all of this stuff. It's like a Mary versus Martha in scripture. And I, I'm flabbergasted at how many people don't even know what that is. Um, mm. So there, there's a huge thing that needs to happen. And, but it, it needs to start, if you want to lead, um, your faith cannot be a luxury. It cannot be that purse that you carry around or that those cool shoes or being able to go, you know, kind of isolated into a moment where you get cheered up uh, it has to be, uh, just, uh, it has to be your ground level and it has to work from the seed to the root germination outward. And if it doesn't, then, you know, I'm just going to stand here and say, or I'm sitting, say it's not real faith. Hmm. Faith cannot be a luxury. So, so maybe that's the getting to that point. Faith cannot be a luxury. Hmm. So it's kind of a, I guess, what is that, a, an oxymoron or something? Right. Yeah. So, so, so those two things are not, uh, they don't work. They're, they're incongruent. Yeah. Faith, truly, by biblical definition, uh, it, 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 it can have a growth, but, it, but it, you know, it's likened to a seed. The seed has all that potential in it. So, it, the seed doesn't have the luxury of not growing. Hmm. It either dies or it germinates. And what it becomes is, is what, uh, this is what we're, we're after. And you have to forgive me. I'm a little, a little tired, long week, but um, I think we have to look at this, you know, you can look at it in all kinds of ways, but you know, it's, it, it, it's just meant to say, you know, are you approaching God as if he's a luxury or, you know, uncle God somewhere yeah. off in the wherever, you know? So that's the big question. You know, I, I it's funny. I, right before that came out of your mouth, I thought about that uncle God dynamic, which again, we've talked about before, um, you know, and again, the, the reality for me is most people, um, if they don't know God intimately as a father, they treat him like the distant uncle. Maybe they just give him a phone call when they right. need something. Hey, Uncle Jim, you know, I'm kind of tough on money right now. Do you think you could spot me five? Um, right. Hey, Uncle Jim, I'm having a tough time in my marriage. You know what I mean? Do you have any advice um, different than, than sitting down with the father? And, and, you know, by that analogy, there's some people who've never known a true father. And so uh, maybe that's difficult for them to understand. But again, the point being is that fate is not an add on. It is a substance, which is, a, again, another idea that we've shared on the show before. Um, I think one of the things that for me at least is, um, let's define real faith. Like let's put some parameters around it. I know one of the things you've always said is faith. It's not believing in God. It's actually believing him enough where you take on his perspective. Um, 
So I just want to expound upon that a little bit to qualify or quantify what what we are referring to when we say faith. Well, yeah, I mean, going back to the Uncle God thing, I mean, you have to treat God like a father if you want the inheritance of a son. So that's the that thought. This thought is you, uh, you know, uh, lots of people believe in God. And, you know, I've been saying this for years, but believing God, that's how you validate your faith. Do you believe him? So where does that start? Well, you have to decide. It's a decision. You can look at the word and you can say, well, I just like the red letters. You know, what, what Jesus said matters, but I'm not so sure about Paul. Well, that's that's not a believer. You're not a true believer. Now, we could look at that and say you're immature in your faith. And that's you know, there's some that means you've got a window. It doesn't you don't stay on milk. You know, remember, you got to milk the cow and then kill it and eat it. That's right. You got to get on meat. You live on meat, not milk. Babies live on milk. So, and uh, so, so I think the the idea of uh, believing God is very simple. Jesus said, "Only believe." I mean, that word's in there all over the place, but it's very simple. So, what that means is uh, definitely something to look at. Um, and. But I think looking at we can do it in a, a different way, maybe than we have before. But let's look at the traits or the attributes. And I'm just going to pull from a text uh, sent out this week. Uh, frankly, because it's easier and I don't have the brain power right now to uh, be a good vessel. <laughs> Got to pull from something that, you know, we've already put out there. But um let's look at it this way. If you, uh, if, if your faith is a luxury to you, one way to define that is, um, or ask the question is, are you, are you a spoiled brat or are you leading? Do you have leadership potential? And I, I think, I think there's, there's a whole lot of one and not the other. And, uh, but if you're willing and letting go and learn, I'm not talking about good behavior as much as I'm talking about a willing heart. So, so rather than going uh, all around the block with this, let's look at, you know, what a leadership by faith is. And that text will, uh, I'll, I'll read through it. it. That'll help us. It'll give us some talking points uh, and kind of come back to it again. We could talk about this subject in 20 different ways. Uh, but, uh, so, so this text was from, well, I guess it's today's it says, what is leadership by faith? Uh, so let's, let's go through that a little bit. Courage to stand on what you believe. Well, courage is good. You have to stand on what you believe, what do you, what you believe. And we were just talking about belief. One way to look at belief is conviction. You know, I, I, I say conviction is more powerful than courage. Courage comes from and and helps you stand on conviction. But true conviction is what you need to stand up to Goliath or to overcome circumstances uh, or to truly carry out what God's given you. You have to have conviction, meaning 
spirit of God lives in you and moves you and you know it's moving you or he's moving you and you step into it. It's not reckless. It can be restless, but it's not reckless because you know. So in order to do that, you have to really understand what that what that's like. And it's not him sitting down having lunch with you, probably. Uh, you know, it's probably not an audible voice, although, you know, I think we could we could easily argue that um, uh, a lightning thought or whatever. But but the, the things that come from God come from within deep down. Uh, and this is, we're talking about the implanted word, the individual things God says to you about you. And he does, and you can pick up on it. So asking that question, uh, do you believe? Well, yeah, do you, in other words, think about it this way. To believe God, do you believe his word? Are you convicted by it? Does it challenge you? Does it move you? Because if it doesn't, then you're wasting your time and you're not a believer because you don't believe his word. I would argue that you cannot be a believer if you do not believe his word. Hmm. I challenge anybody to argue that. I mean, let's 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 do it. But uh, now I'm not saying you have to know his word to believe saying you have to believe it. Uh, Harriet Tubman, Underground Railroad, couldn't read. She could hear from God. And he, he gave her that. And the, the, the fruit was in what she did. You know, she led a lot of people out of slavery, saved a lot of lives. But she gave God all the credit. So I'm not saying, so don't mistake this. I'm not saying you have to know what's in Scripture to have the Holy Spirit. I'm saying you have to believe what's in there. So when you look at that and you read it and you see Paul saying this or that, or Moses standing at the Red Sea, do you believe that? Hmm. Or do you just believe the red letters? Yeah. One of the things that's been prevalent in my quiet time this week is the book of Judges. <clears throat> and one of the things that was interesting about reading through this, and I would say of my reading of the Bible over the years, Judges is probably one of those books that I've read the least if I, you know, if I was putting it out there. Yeah. Um, but it's amazing to me that in the first chapter, first two chapters of Judges, that God was very specific to his people. He said, as you take over these lands that I have given you, drive out out the inhabitants of those lands and do not partner with them. Right. And what happened is they did not do that. They inbred with those inhabitants. And as a result, they began to worship their gods and allow the infiltration of those, you know, societies mm -hmm. into what God had called. So you ended up with this inbred um, nature of God's people that led to apostasy where they're worshiping other gods. Mm -hmm. And what I see kind of as a parallel of what you're saying is you cannot say you have faith that you are a believer if you are not courageous to stand on that belief. Like it, it's, right. it is, it is, it is, it's an opposite. You have then, if you did, you have inbred with other gods, you know, 
And, and so it's kind of that that thing. And of course, all these things as we go through these, um, by definition, faith would require the full participation in these attributes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's there's always fruit. Um, you look at the fruit, and and if you, when we look at David, for instance, and we we give him credit for having courage to stand up to Goliath, we're missing the point that David was convicted. He knew he didn't, he maybe didn't know exactly how it was all going to work. He just knew Moses knew that he had to deliver. He knew that God would, would do it. It's like saying, I'm going to step in the battle knowing God is the one who wins it every time. Mm. So we do have to participate. Um, it doesn't mean you have to do everything perfectly. Um, I mean, it, I'm so sick of hearing, oh, I'm not perfect. Yeah. Of course not. So let's get on with it. You, but you mm-hmm. can be excellent. And excellent means, yes, the combination of conviction where you stand on it with courage. So it's mm-hmm. not just as simple as let's be courageous. You have to be convicted, which means that you have to decide. I mm-hmm. believe what God's word says. And I'm making a choice to stand on that. And I'm not going to go around it because it's convenient, like a spoiled brat. Mm-hmm. So, so, so let's move on just for the sake of time. But the next one is uh, the next point in here in, in this uh, text says uh, integrity to carry out what you say. So that's a big one. Hmm. If your faith is a luxury, then then uh, integrity becomes a luxury. Hmm. You're not emulating Jesus. Uh, you, you're uh, you're you're just saying something. No, I'm not talking about missing an appointment or you know forgetting something or being late or you know I'm not talking about silly things like that or even running a red light on accident. I'm talking about when you uh, know God's leading you. And you deny that. Um, and and it, it, so you have to be very careful with your words. And when you when when God gives you something, you have to be very careful um, that you're not turning it into something that is for you to be grand over. Um, so mostly what I teach people is when you know something from God, you better cherish that and sit on it and hold on. It may mm. just be for you. It may be illegitimate or it may be for somebody else, but that takes a lot of maturity or you go spouting stuff off. Anyway, integrity simply means uh, that you're, you're carrying out what you say. You say, if you say it uh, in your own heart, it's like making a vow to God. And he says, do not do that unless you're going to carry it out. So it's a big deal. One of the one of the areas that we've seen this manifest, and I'm sure our listeners has too, is that so many people with quote unquote the best intentions who go, "Hey man, we need to sit down and get coffee," or "Hey man, I, I love what you're doing. Let's you know we we need to, yeah. we need to figure out. Hey, I, right. I'd like to do more. How can I help more? Or you know whatever. Right. And people say these right. things because in the moment they are feeling a little something, and it's right. a nicety to let you know that they are right. supportive but they don't follow through with That's what right. it is that they say. So then you end up kind of being the one to come back and go, Hey man, 
thought you said you wanted to get lunch or, Hey man, you said you wanted to, you know, donate this or do that. And then it makes you feel like that you're a beggar, you know, nothing that, you know, that that's, that's kind of like something that that we've navigated through. And we see that everybody sees that in their own relationships. But I think the greater conviction is to look in the mirror and say, where am I doing this? Am I doing this in relationships? Am I telling people something that I think they just want to hear to get out of the, you know, the difficulty of actually having to follow through with what I say or to say something that might be difficult and tell them no. And here's why. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You, 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 um, you think about it too, like, um, you know, one of the things that we used to hear, and it's, I even put it in my book because I got so tired of hearing it. When people saw what we were going through and it lasted for a long time, uh, it's classic. Let me know if there's anything I can do, or they'll just say, if there's anything I can do, Mm-hmm. dot 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 and i got to the point where i was just so it's just putrid to me to hear that because people don't really mean it when they do mean it they just do it mm. they just do it whatever you know ask god what needs to be done and do it don't wait for somebody to come to you and and uh when they have a need you know, pray or ask them. But, but if you do ask them, do it in a way that's not some cliche and that you mean it, Yeah. but not to get too far off track. The point is, is unless, you know, to have leadership potential, which is the window, the keyhole we're looking at today, your faith, not being a luxury, do, are you stand, you know, having the courage to stand on the conviction and do you have the integrity to carry out what you say? So, all right. So the next one is uh, the vulnerability to admit your own pain. This is another big one for people. Mm. People do not like to, uh, people like to complain. That's a different thing than admitting their own pain. Uh, it takes a lot of vulnerability. Um, it's why, frankly, a lot of people, if they're in counseling or uh, coaching, mentoring or whatever, you know, I think there's you, you have a, a privacy, a very special relationship and you have to guard it, um, you know, in that kind of environment. But I think that people don't say, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that over there because they don't want people to know that they're struggling. Yeah. And we've run into that, you know, a lot over the years. Uh, Yeah. I've seen it a lot. And, you know, again, I'm not trying to beat anybody up, but if, if you're having uh, a pain, you need to be vulnerable uh, or that pain is just, it's just sweeping it under the rug. Yeah. To to that point, Kev, something you you hit on there is that, you know, I guess people like you use language. I'm not justifying it, but they say it's taboo, right. To um, admit that you're seeing a counselor, but yet every counselor is schedule is just overloaded full. So 
It's like yeah. it's like that old joke that says, you know, people act like they don't eat McDonald's, but they sell six billion hamburgers, so somebody's <laughs> eating them, right? It's yeah. like it's That's like, right. but the reality is, is that it takes vulnerability for someone to go. I was having a really difficult time in my faith, or in my marriage, or in my career, and I ended up That's reaching right. out to these guys, and they tr- helped me tremendously come to a place where I was able to be right. free for some stuff. And we have seen that that's, you know, I'm just going to say it. That's something that has been difficult for some of the people we've walked with because mm-hmm. it requires a vulnerability to those around you. And so faith is um, a, a vulnerability, um, like you said, to admit your own pain, because what that does is it shows commonality and unity for other people who have that same pain as well. And when you get beyond the taboo nature of it, that's actually something that is like a warm hug to somebody who is wrestling with career changes or marital struggles or addictions or whatnot too. So like that's where the power of Jesus is unleashed when people are just open and honest about what it is they're struggling with. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And that, that's, uh, that's how I teach. That's how I write. And, 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 and it comes from a place of vulnerability and people can identify with it. You know, a lot of people uh, don't want to be taught, but they do want to learn. And there's a big difference there. So mm-hmm. walking with people requires vulnerability. But again, we're talking about all this in the context of leadership versus, you know, spoiled brat luxury, which isn't faith. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, and I've been in, you know, business ownership and and management and just all of that stuff for years and years. And the greatest way to truly lead people is to, to, to be vulnerable enough. And uh, again, this is this whole set of attributes, but uh, yeah, I mean, you can't, if you're not vulnerable enough with somebody they they won't trust you. So, and, and they can't identify. And that's one of the reasons Jesus was vulnerable. Uh, you know, incredibly vulnerable. And uh, it's, it's, it, he made himself vulnerable to our choice to love him. Mm. Very powerful thing. So again, there's your uh, biblical attached example. So vulnerability is not bad. It's good. Yeah. And if you're afraid to be vulnerable, it doesn't mean you got to go spouting your crap all over Facebook or town or whatever, because that's ridiculous and childish. But sitting down and talking to somebody, sharing it with someone you trust or or a few people, that's biblical and you need to do it. All right. So whether you're leading or following, it's it's very important. You you don't need to hold that stuff in again. If you're if you're truly faithful, this is another attribute. All right. So the next one is having the humility to look beyond it to the pain of others. So those two kind of go together. Vulnerability to to admit your own pain and then having the humility to look beyond that pain to the pain of others. Now, we've got another one to get to in a minute, which. Uh, also lines up, but we're talking about humility in terms of, of that. So, so let's talk about that. What does that look like? Being vulnerable uh, about your pain, 
but having the humility to look beyond it to the pain of someone else. Mm. To me, that's, that's the one upmanship, right? Like, like we've talked about this before. If somebody, if somebody says, um, man, I've I've really been struggling with this, or even if somebody's going, Hey man, I, I went to the beach the other day, you know, and you're like, you don't come back and like, I've lived at the beach my whole life. You know what I mean? Or, you know, I struggle with that too. Like humility is going, tell me more, right? It's, it's Mm -hmm. being sincere in that to say, you know, tell me more. And and so you're, you're not using your circumstances as a way to one up them or to Lord it over them or to be competitive. You're going, tell me about that. You know, tell me about the pain you're experiencing. And that's something that I, I, I sincerely believe still to this day, humility is one of the most misunderstood characteristics um, because it has been, you know, uh, watered down to be the doormat, as you've said, you know, and it's not, it's not a doormat. So anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's all good. Good thoughts. So yeah, it, it's, it, it, it takes, again, it takes, you have to have a moment. Um, now it's okay to banter around with people and, you know, it's, it's funny. It, it takes a whole lot of, uh, patience, but I think that you you give God so much room to work when you don't immediately react or need mm-hmm. to prove, uh, act from that place. So so true faith. Again, there's a, there's a trajectory here. You, you can go from seed faith to uh, uh, fruit bearing faith. Um, so, so I'm not putting anyone down, uh, you know, I mean, I've had to walk through this myself, but, but I think that the idea is if you can become, uh, humble and you can choose it again, these are choices you have to make. Faith is a choice, a decision. It's not some magical fairy dust that you walk into and breathe it into your lungs and all of a sudden everything works. It's a choice. And it is not a luxury. All right. So that humility, that step of humility is simply, you know, if I've lived in France for 20 years and somebody comes and says, I just got back from France and I want to tell you all about it. Yeah, I don't need to prove anything. I can tell them about my experience later if they care. But what I care about as a leader and a teacher or whatever I am is saying, I want you to tell me about your experience. Hmm. And, uh, you know, if the friendship develops and they want to know about mine, I'll tell them. Yeah. But you're right. And most people are the other way. Most people will say, well, I just went there last week or whatever, you know. So it, it's not about beating people up. It's about saying, here's the challenge. Think mm-hmm. about these things in your own life. We want to get away from spoiled brat luxury faith because that's what is out there in the world. Yeah to getting to leadership type faith. One of the, one of the more powerful uh, analogies or pictures that you've shared with me. And of course, with our audience that has really resonated is, um, you know, in dealing with my own kids, I have three sons and they're very competitive and, you know, they're always fighting. Yeah. And you've said, you know, Matt, if you're playing basketball in the backyard, you literally could go and block every shot and, you know, prove them wrong and cross them up and dunk on them. And, you know, you don't do that. You play, you let them make shots, you engage. I, I right. think, I think, 
I think this is where the church institutionally, right, has missed mm-hmm. the idea of discipleship because they lord over discipleship as some type of biblical knowledge that I have and you don't. And so when somebody is confronted with a moment of sincere repentance or remorse, that that it it becomes this, I'm going to preach to you and, you know, I'm going to, and you're effectively just blocking their shot, you know, instead of like inviting them in, say, oh man, that's awesome. Show me your jump shot. And, you know, it's so funny because um, this comes up with, you know, sometimes in my household where some people just say, well, I'm just, I'm telling you the truth. I'm just, this is just the truth. And I'm like, maybe the truth, but we need to play the game instead of you just blocking my shot all the time or me blocking your shot all the time, you know? And so that's something with my son, you know, he's like, well, dad, it's true. And I'm like, yes, but that's not the relationship, son. You don't understand. And so I I guess the long-winded way of saying um, one of the things in true discipleship that we have to learn if we are to emulate Jesus is to not just throw the stuff back on people when they're getting to a moment of expressing their vulnerability. We have to be willing to walk with them humbly through that process to allow God to navigate and work in and through it. And that's something, Kevin, that you do tremendously well, Um, you know, painfully so sometimes, um, I can imagine. But it is um, it is a sincere honoring of um, who Jesus was and who I believe we are supposed to be in this earth. Yeah, yeah, that's right. It, it's uh, it, it's it, and and to to take it that a step further, uh, you know, whether you're all time quarterback and you know carrying around a bunch of six year olds on your back when you're twenty, you know, it, you don't they elbow you and tackle you. You're playing basketball. You're playing it for their good. You're you're there to for their good, and and uh, you don't have anything to prove. And so, true leadership doesn't have anything to prove because you already understand your value. Mm, that's so good. Gosh, and, that's so and, good. And and into into in order for people to understand their value, you have to learn how to isolate it. We'll, we'll talk about that on another another uh, show, but um, if you're living from a place that's not a luxury. You're taking it so seriously. Um, God becomes the value, you know, the expression. His His genius is expressed through you uh, on earth while you're here. And it's the fingerprints that, that he wants to leave behind through yours and ours. And so if you know that about yourself already, then, then there's no debate because there's only one of you. So, so again, that's a whole nother topic. But but it's important to understand the depth of why you can be a, not a doormat. There's no doormat in this. That's, that's just, it's selfish. You know, it's woe is me, sword falling. But you can pick that, that welcome sign up and hold it over the door. And that's where Jesus says, mm. you know, yeah. uh, love your neighbor as yourself, pray for your enemies and that kind of stuff. You're being a welcome sign to the willing if they're willing, but you're mm-hmm. not letting people walk all over you. And and sometimes I, I struggle with that to, to be clear about it. Um, I, yeah. I, I know better and I get pissed off, but I don't, uh, you know, it comes from having a tender heart. So, yeah, you know, just to say, you know, we're, we're, uh, we're all learning this, but, but that's, uh, that comes back to, uh, before we get to the last one here, 
the, the the humility to look beyond your own pain, which is what I was trying to connect there, to the pain of others, and then you can help them because now you know you're there to help them. You may understand their pain, but that's a way for you to feel it with them, and from that place which will bring up the next. So you're setting the stage for something wonderful that so many people, especially in this brainwashed generation, don't seem to have or understand. And that is empathy. Um, so the final point here is uh, empathy. You, a, a leader by faith has the empathy to step beyond their own pain, right? Because these are all three in context um, by helping carry the weight of their burden. So I'll just read these last three real quick and put them together and then we can talk about empathy. So going back to vulnerability, vulnerability to, to admit your own pain, humility to look beyond it, just look beyond it, see it, understand it, but you're welcome sign up. Then the empathy to step beyond it by helping carry the weight of their burden. If they're willing, again, and people will use and abuse you because they have no self-awareness. They don't understand, you know, if, mm. if, if, if you don't have much and you're telling me that, you have no idea what I have or don't have. Um, so you have to be real careful with that. I have to be extremely careful with it because I don't want to hurt people. Um, but, it is difficult, you know, because uh, I, I choose to pour everything I have into people. And so I, I, it's not about me. I'm just I'm just trying to give an example of what this looks like. Um, but empathy, you know, empathy is not sympathy. We're not looking at it being sentimental or, you know, bubblegum crap. We're, we're, we're talking about that that thing where you you can understand to some degree what they're going through and you are willing to help them carry that burden. Uh, you know, and I, that's, I think that's illustrated in scripture quite a bit. So. Well, I, again, the, the, the polarization of empathy is something that's always been intriguing to me. Um, and it, and it ultimately shows uh, two things that Jesus was not. So to me, empathetic is this, it is the narrow path. It is the narrow gate. It is the centered way. Sympathy is on one polar end of that spectrum that is like, oh, bless your heart. And it's all this kind of gushy, right. like you said, bubblegum right. crap. Uh, that's that's the Kevin Frank bubblegum crap. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just started laughing at all these colloquialisms and Kevinism. <laughs> yeah. um, so sympathy's over here. And then apathy is on the other end. I don't mm. care. It doesn't matter. Nobody, you know. Sure. And, and so Jesus was never polarized in the sense he was never apathetic he was never sympathetic he was always empathetic and so mm -hmm. in our own fallen condition in our in, in our own unmatured immature undiscipled condition we tend to polarize to either apathy you know mm -hmm. oh, they brought it on themselves <laughs> you know it's this thing i don't care or oh come here bless your heart you know that kind of right. thing um, right. And we cartoonize it as a way to really make sense of um, that. That's where Jesus stands that middle ground. And that's so important 
for somebody who's actually walking out their faith to model that to culture instead of these polarized, you know, um, 50 cent versions. Yeah. Yeah. Cheap knockoffs. There's a Kevin. Cheap knockoff. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) You Christian center to Christ center. It's a big old difference. You know, salt and sugar on the counter. Uh, so, so those attributes, you know, again, these are just one way of looking at is your faith a luxury. There's a ton of them. Uh, you know, even last week's show, we were touching on it without calling it that. But, um, but I really like the idea that uh, we can look at it. If, if faith is, the, the point of faith is, uh, is to gain and grow intimacy with God. You know, he's not after faith for the sake of being faithful. He's after an intimate relationship with you. So you have to step into faith because that's how you get there. That's the the uh, channel, if you want to call it that. And it works in two ways. It works from the inside out where he indwells and it works from the outside in where you renew your mind and guard your heart by the written word. And, and that's a whole nother show. But but this stepping into that process as if it is life and death, that's where faith is, you know, real. Mm. And that's where you take his word and you stand on it. It doesn't mean you have to understand it or even know it completely right. And we've already set those examples. But it does mean that if you do, I mean, Harriet Tubman didn't have the words. She, she didn't know how to read. So, uh, you know, we're not going to, why would God withhold his voice from her? But we do have it and we have it all over the place. We have mm-hmm. it in so many different ways. So spoiled brat territory. I don't like to read. It's dusty. It's irrelevant. I don't get it. I got nothing for you, mm-hmm. you know. So that doesn't mean you got to go and read it all in one day or, you know, be some scholar. It just means God's given you food and he wants you to take it all the way in. That doesn't mean just leave it up here in your brain or your noggin. It means you want to feel it and experience. And that's a whole nother course and show. Feel the word. You have to experience it and it locks it in place. So all that said, if we go back and flip this model over, you know, let's go back to the spoiled brats thing, which I just love the terminology. Uh, I, keep, I keep seeing the chick Veruca Salt from uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, the Gene Wilder yeah, one from the 70s. Yeah, you know, perfect. I want it now. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Well, I think a lot of times we, we can be that way and not realize it. So it's really important. One of the ways that I can love people is to challenge them. I, it didn't do him any service just to sit there and, you know, listen. You listen is good. People need to get it out, but but they also need to be challenged. And the word needs to challenge us. Um, and uh, if it's not, then, uh, you know, you, you're not really all in. So look at these. Let's flip them over for a second. So, um you know, so ultimately, this this leadership idea makes you unshakable. You're not susceptible to circumstances. The weight of your faith outweighs the weight of your circumstances. And this is where Paul said, uh, I, I'm, "Whether I'm abased or bound, or rich or poor, 
I'm content. Paul was unshakable. Mm. And we're meant to live that way. But most people don't even know that to then to know what it looks like, then to actually carry it out. So again, it's not about, are you there? It's about, are you moving in that direction? Right. Are you on the runway at least? You know, that's mm-hmm. good. Taxiing. Yeah. So, so the opposite of this, if you believe something and you don't stand on it, mm. that spoiled brat territory, the people say stuff all the time and, and they probably believe it, but then they, they won't stand on it. They don't take courage and stand on it. Spoiled brat. It's a luxurious faith, right? The next one, integrity to carry out what you say. Let's flip that over. You you may say all kind of stuff, but but if you if you if that doesn't if that doesn't bear fruit, and again there's exceptions and all that crap, but mm-hmm. but if that doesn't truly bear fruit, in other words, if I tell my kids that God is everything to me. And it's probably the one thing I, I did teach my kids that um, I'm really uh, kind of proud of in, in, a, in a humble way. I'm so glad and grateful to God that he showed me that. But I've made promises to them and I kept those promises. So, you know, we're talking about that kind of stuff. So you have to challenge yourself. But if you're not carrying out what you say, then your, your house is not built on a rock. It, it has no stability. And again, spoiled brat faith, luxury. Uh, it's just a luxury to, to say it and not carry it out. Vulnerability to admit your own pain. You know, that's a big one. And it's, it's, it's kind of an innocent one, but it still matters. I mean, you didn't mean to get cancer, but if you got it, you got to get on with it. You know, you didn't do it, but you got it right. So uh, it, you you have to be vulnerable and it, you don't have to overwhelmingly do it. You have to take baby steps. You know, I think that's one of the things when I get around people is they, they trust me because I am vulnerable and I'm honest. And that's kind of going back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago. And, and, and I love that because to me, that's the heart of Christ is is helping people. I mean, why did God make himself a man? He, he came in the form of a man to show us he knows us, you know? So he didn't, he didn't need to learn anything. God doesn't learn. He doesn't lie. We learn. And sometimes we lie, mm. but uh, God made himself vulnerable to us out of love for us. So we have to emulate him in that way. And if we're not doing that, then our faith is luxurious and we're spoiled brats in our faith. Mm -hmm. All right. So flipping them upside down, going on to the next one, humility to look beyond it to the pain of others. We've kind of already done this, but it's good to say it again. You know, the spoiled brat is the one who is so insecure that they must prove themselves in a minute and Mm. prove their knowledge or what they've done or been. And it's, it's a, a, a deep, deep insecurity, a sign of impatience, et cetera. But it comes down to mm. you, you cannot truly help somebody else without humility. Again, not, we're not talking doormat crap. We're talking about being a welcome sign to the willing. Mm. You know, 
go 10 miles with somebody if they have a willing heart. But if they're pretentious and expecting you to, you know, that people will just take, take, take from you. That's arrogance. It's a mm. spoiled brat. And, you know, frankly, I see that a little bit. And uh, it's very, very difficult. It keeps me up mm. at night sometimes. But so humility is the giant that only looks small to small people. Humility is so such a big thing. But it's not, you know, woe is me. It's it's being a hollow vessel knowing you've got something to offer and giving it despite what you know or don't know. Mm. So that leads to the next one, empathy. If you have no empathy, then you're just a freaking spoiled brat because you don't know anything outside of your own way and your own will. And that's not why God put us here. It's just not, and it's not how it's not the character of Jesus. So if you don't have some form of empathy for others, then all you're doing is trying to win the prize by putting on a show. You have got to give to people from your heart. And it is tiring and it's thankless much of the time, but it's so rewarding because it pleases the father like nothing else. And that's why we're here, generally speaking, and it gets very specific. But uh, but these are huge things. So anyway, you, you got a thought? Yeah. So so the word that that hit me with with talking about empathy was compassion, right? And and I know sometimes compassion could be, you know, overspoken, and and you know it could maybe not mean the same thing because oh, it could right. be it could be the sympathetic thing. But scripture right. does say Jesus looked upon them and had compassion, right? Which yeah, is ultimately said he. Word. He was empathetic, yeah. right? And so right. I think I think that you know someone who is not operating in empathy lacks compassion. Right. I mean, I, I'm trying to think about a way because you can't. You could say yeah. unempathetic. Same thing. Yeah, yeah. You could say unempathetic. I'm just saying you you lack compassion. Um, you know, and so that is um, that was just trying to phrase that. And, and Kevin, I love what you've done here. Um, and by the way, just a marker for you and I as part of yeah. the, the new teaching, I know that we are in the process of wanting to begin um, uh-huh. creating some animation videos that walk people through this. This specific topic would be a wonderful uh, way to to do that because you can polarize the two types and you could have the spoiled brat little person. And I mean, that's, anyway, I'm just saying that. So don't forget it because um, okay. remember, I have the memory of a gnat. Um, uh, uh, you have the memory of a mat. <laughs> oh, very punny, Kevin. Very it's good. Punny. <laughs> it says it should be. It's all right, man. Don't it. apologize. You're, so, you, you just be mad. We, we love Matt. So, but yeah, love, there's I lots of good. <laughs> the contrast is what I'm getting at. I love the way we've yeah. contrasted right. this. It's yeah. very profound for someone to say, hey, listen, take the faith self-assessment. Do you tend yeah. toward courage or, you know, you don't follow your convictions? Do you tend mm-hmm. toward integrity and in doing what you say or do you not follow through? Right. And so, like, this is literally one of those checkbox markers and you could kind of go, you know, which side do mm-hmm. I lean to? Ultimately, <laughs> it's a result of your faith not being sincere. Yeah. Well, that's right. And and. You know, it, just to be clear with people, too, 
I, I think there, a lot of this is, it's, it's a massive work. Um, and we are, are, we have huge, audacious, heavenly goals on earth. And I just refuse to leave anything on the table. So, you know, we get a lot of that. Uh, most of the people in our circles are, are really wonderful people. They're just some really good folks. But I think just beyond that, in the periphery, you run back into that really deeply spoiled brat kind of territory. And, uh, you know, the local whoever, pastor or pedestal or ego, it's just crap, man. And we just decided to, we're just going to redo it. And uh, if you don't like it because it's got business down the middle of it, then, you know, don't do it. You're free. But if you're regularly thinking about you want to live free and understand who you are, you know, I'm telling you, if you give me the time and the resources, I can make sure you understand that as long as you got a willing heart. And I don't know that many people that can say that that definitively, but I can. And uh, I'm just saying it because it's true. I'm not bragging. But whatever, we, we've all got beautiful gifts and, and we're equal and we, we, we are meant to be a community, a body of believers. So why don't we why don't we offer those things up? And, but within that context, we have to go. We're we don't we're not looking for a bunch of people with a bunch of ideas. We want people to be who they are and then bring what they have. And we want to get behind that. And then all boats rise. So. It's such a unique idea, but we are getting to the point where we uh, are kind of bottlenecked. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, that's why we're creating and putting everything under um, all the things we've been doing. And I've got a wireframe schematic that's mind boggling, but uh, under Fearless Life Academy. So all the teachings, everything we do, it'll be built on spiritual uh, growth first, and then all kinds of neat things from farming to entrepreneurship and teaching all of this and seeding businesses. We're going to do all this. And so it's not saying, you know, we're going to start some spiritual school. We're not. We're going to plug all this teaching into a system, a simple system that gives you your autonomy, gets behind you and helps you build your house on the right framework first. And I had to learn this for myself. And I've been working on this for years, teaching people. And then when I came here, you and I have been working on this seven years and collectively, and it's getting better and better and better. But not to go on and on, but just saying this is where we're headed. And, uh, yeah, we, we want to raise money and all that. But uh, we, we're not here to beg. This is an opportunity for you. You know, mm -hmm. if you're putting money in a church plate and you know that it's helping somebody, great. But when you put money in this thing, you're going to get a product or a service and it's going to help somebody. So it's the best of a church and it's the best of a business mm -hmm. because it's sincere. And it's managed by the Holy Spirit. So if you like that idea, great. Get involved. Yeah. All right. I wanted to add something, too, as kind of a just to our listeners. You know, it's funny. We, we, 
we, we've got people that listen to this show. We know it because occasionally you'll see the numbers or whatever. Um, we don't always hear from people, but sometimes we do. And when we do, it's right. great. We love knowing people are listening and so forth. And that's encouraging for us. It keeps us going. But, you know, last night, um, just letting our audience know, we had our, our Fearless DeMaio event, which is our fearless event for the month of May, just a chance to create community, to support local businesses, to kind of get together and to just have a good time and talk a little yeah. bit about fellowship. And we had a great time. But we had uh, an individual um, who uh, just comes busting in the door of the bike shop where we are. And um, as soon as I saw her, I'm like, what are you doing here? Um, She is a regular attendee of Faith and Business in Raleigh. And she was vacationing in Wilmington. She saw our sign outside of the bike shop. Um, she was at the grocery store across the street and she just said, these are my people. I, what, I, this is the fear that we're going in. And she came in and she got a chance to speak to you and we got a chance to catch up or whatever. And that was just a profound moment for me, Kevin, because it was just showing that God is faithful to connect the dots with the people who are willing to listen. And then he's drawing that community together. So just to confirm by example, like this is yeah. happening. A fearless community right. is being built. A fearless people are rising up. People are waking up to this, and we are leading that way to reclaim the generation. And so this is an invitation, like you said. It's an invitation right. to become a good investment for God, as we've said, and just um, let him pour out through you into the work that he's doing here in the world. That's right. So so shortly, uh, and that's a great example, and, you know, standing right there with you, and I didn't even know her, but uh, I was so glad to meet her. She just seemed like a a beautiful soul and she had a good handshake and uh, Tara, I think was her yeah, name, right? That's right yeah. Tara. Hey Tara. <laughs> nice to, nice to meet you. Uh, appreciate you uh, being faithful and just coming on over. Uh, it was a cool thing, but uh, you know, so, so, you know, we talk about this a lot. Well, we're going to do this and we've got these big plans and, and just remember when you, what we do is we're, we're giving what we have every bit of it. We're not sitting around trying to get rich. And, and, you know, I say that all the time, but people truly do not understand uh, this call. You, you can't do it without that. But I'll tell you, man, I would give my life for this thing because, and I have been for years. Otherwise I'd, I have plenty and, and, uh, but the reason is because I can't bear to, to take, I have to keep giving. And, and I think, you know, you've learned how to do that as well. And, and so there's plenty of us coming. And when people say, Hey, that's my people, Mm. it's because their heart is of the same cloth. They feel it. They feel that genuine thing of, you know, they mean it. They're sincere. Like people really can be that good. Now, it's not us. It's him working through us. But right. we are the shell. And, you know, it might have our smile on it or our funny, you know, nature. But uh, anyway, so we do truly have. And thanks for being patient. But we've got some major stuff happening. And it's all in God's timing, which I want to talk about next show, probably. But if you look at the world and not to get too far off on that, you know, I know we need to wrap it up. But, you know, it, when you are a true believer and your faith is not your luxury, God will show you things that are further out 
And I'm not talking about being some prophet or whatever. I, I don't care about that. It, uh, but I'm telling you, he shows you stuff and you see it and then he carries it out. And man, your confidence grows. And people sometimes say, well, how are you that confident? I just know. I know him. All right. So, so if you want that, that's what we want to do. We want to create that environment, not just so, you know, we can spend time with a few people, but so that we can create uh, that dynamic and that education so that we got 10 year olds walking around that sound like this in a generation and yeah. they are, they're not warped and corrupted and they're, they're not following stupid false wars and wearing masks and putting crap in their bodies that don't belong there. They're healthy and they're powerful and they're like Jesus and they don't believe debased upside down things mm. that are being taught it's garbage, all of it. God's cleaning house, and it's fantastic. But what are we going to build on it? So think long term. When you put something into what we're doing, it's not making Kevin and Matt rich. Mm. Not by far. And even if it started to, we're going to pour it right back in because that's more people we can help. That yeah. doesn't mean we don't want a nice home and good food and all that. We're just saying we're not building this for us. We're building mm. it because God gave it to us for his people. So, but don't just think about you and your generation. Think about the next generation. And that's where my heart is right now. Yeah. So pour in, help us. You know, we're not going to beg you for it. Yeah. If you want to help, then help. Yeah. The time, the time is now. The time is yeah. now. That's right. Okay. Well, friends, thanks so much for listening. Kevin, I actually drew out this little schematic here um, as you were writing. It's the contrast of, you know, spoiled brat faith versus authentic faith. Um, we, we're going to animate that some way. I'm going <laughs> to it. I'm going to make it happen. It's just a great yeah. um, man. Today was really good. And so I would just challenge anybody who listens today to actually do the work of going back and letting the Holy Spirit pour into you and see where you land on these polarized, you know, ideas of faith and uh, see if your faith is a luxury, like a handbag that you take, you know, to a party or something you do on Sundays to connect with people to, you know, help grow your business on, on Monday, or if it's actually something that you are just with deep conviction living out um, and following and, and completely surrendering to. And so uh, we are, and we are, we're leading the way in that. And so thank you guys for joining us and listening. Kevin, any final thoughts before we say goodbye? <laughs> we are fearless. And uh, if you yeah. are too, come on over. We'll love on you, but uh, have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. You guys have a good one.